0: For you, Lord bless all the children. Amen. If you have your Bible, we'll be in 1 Timothy this morning. Chapter number 3. 1 Timothy chapter number 3. Thank God for His goodness. Amen. Um, He's been good to us all the days of our life. And uh, let's keep honoring Him with every breath. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter number 3. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 16. 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16. I know you were just standing, but I'm going to invite you to stand up with me again as we reverence the reading of God's Word. Let's start back in verse number 14, Brother Gary. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14. The Bible says, These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long... "...that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory." Chapter 4, verse 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth." For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused, if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of a good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Let's pray together. The title of the message this, e- this morning is the uh, great falling away. Father, we thank you for your goodness. God, it does follow us all the days of our life. And we rejoice today that we can say with the psalmist, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And Lord, I ask this morning that you would empty me of myself. I ask you, God, to cleanse me... Of my sin, and Lord, I ask you to fill me with your Spirit. I pray you bless the people of God, and God, we thank you today that Jesus Christ is King, and we have a living hope, and we rejoice in that living hope today. We pray that you would speak to our hearts in a way that we can receive. We love you in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. The Bible tells us that in the latter days there will be a great falling away from the local New Testament church we could be living in the beginning of those days and when the scripture speaks of this great falling away it's not speaking of the lost world falling away from the faith but it's speaking to about those that once held to the clear teaching of Scripture, That there would come a time before the coming of Jesus Christ that those who once appeared to be faithful to the Word of God and to the people of God will fall away from that. Studies and statistics show that since the COVID outbreak, that out of every three faithful church members prior to COVID, only one has returned to the local church. I want you to understand that out of every three faithful church members, only one third has returned back to the local New Testament church. That means two thirds of what was considered to be faithful are no longer assembling with God's people. I'm not telling you that they fell away. That's between... Them and Jesus. But what I am saying is, could we be living on the doorstep of the great falling away? The Bible says that there must be a falling away prior to Jesus returning. And so we're going to get into the text today. I want to give you a few things about this great falling away and the church in the midst of this. I want you to see number one, the focus of the church is to be the gospel. The focus of the church's message is to be the gospel message of Jesus Christ. In chapter three and in verse uh, sixteen, we'll start back in verse fourteen again. He says, "These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mightest know that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church." Of the living God. Remember this: the church is not man-made. What we're doing today is not man-made. It's not fashioned by men, but it's the we're the church of the living God. This is the house of God. And there is a way that we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. And he says this: he says, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Then he says this, listen to the message. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Listen, the last days church... The message is to be the same message as the first century church. The message of the local church, the message of every believer is to be the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now remember the Bible says in Romans 1.16, it says, For we are not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. The gospel message is the only thing that we have that has the power to make dead men, dead women, dead boys and girls come to spiritual life. The gospel message is the only hope for a fallen World, There is no other hope, there is no other message that the church is to hold squarely and in focus in the last days. We see here that the message of the church should be seen through our behavior. In verse 15 it says this, that I'm writing to you so that you may know how you ought to behave in the house of God. How you ought to behave as the church of the living God. Our behavior, our actions should give off the gospel message. We should live a life as believers that demonstrate that we really believe that Jesus Christ died for us. We should behave in such a way that we convince doubters that we really are committed to Jesus Christ. That we truly believe that He has Forgiven us of our sins, and that we have a home in heaven. We should behave ourselves in hope. We should behave ourselves with love in our heart and unity amongst ourselves. Jesus told His disciples, The way that the world will know that you are my disciples is by your love for one another. Brother and sister, we as a church, we need to behave ourselves in such a way that a lost and dying world can look upon our lives... And they will know that we have something real, that we have something eternal, that we uh, possess something different from the world. And we should live different. We should walk different. We should have a little pep in our step. We should behave in such a way that the world knows there's something special and something different about us. Look, our behavior is to show the message of the gospel. Not only through our behavior, but Paul says to Timothy, it should be through our message. We see here in verse number uh, 16, he speaks the gospel message. Brother and sister, there is only one message of the believer. There is only one message from the church. And that message should not be clouded. That message should not be diluted. That message should not be overshadowed by any other message. The message is for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The message is the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The gospel message is Jesus Christ has come into the world to save Sinners That Jesus Christ took our sin upon His own shoulders. The Bible says that God made Him that knew no sin to be sin for us. Jesus Christ came and He came to die for the sins of the whole world. Red, yellow, black and white, they are precious in His sight. Jesus came and He carried a cross up to Calvary. And on the cross, Jesus died for you. He died for me. He died for the world so that we might be forgiven, that we might be saved. Listen, the church has one message and that message is J-E-S-U-S. Jesus Christ is our message. That is our banner. That is our That is our song, Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And in the last days, we've got to be sure that the message of the church is without a mystery. It's not hard to understand. What is the message of the church? Jesus died for the sins of the world. That message is never outdated. That message is never to be lost. That message must be... Kept in the forefront of our church and every church in these last days. So we see the focus of the church is to be the gospel in the way we live and the message that we preach. Number two, I want you to see this. We see a departing from the church. We see that there is a departing from the church. Paul says in chapter 4 and verse number 1, He says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, without a doubt, without any hesitation. The Spirit is clear. The Apostle Paul was inspired by the Holy Spirit of God to write the heart, the mind, the will, and the Word of God. And Paul is sharing here, I want you to know, this is not my opinion. This is not the Apostle's opinion. This is not some idea He says, you need to know this, the Spirit of God is saying very clearly to me that I should write this to the church and to you, Timothy. He says that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. He says some are going to depart, they're going to leave the Faith. Now this is not speaking necessarily of saving faith, this is speaking of the faith, the Christian doctrine, the Christian teachings, the Bible teachings. Let me ask you, have you witnessed that in your lifetime? Have you witnessed people that are leaving the fundamental, foundational doctrines from the Word of God? Um, I've witnessed that. Have you witnessed that? We see here there's this departing from the faith. I want you to see the doctrine, their their doctrine. He goes on to say this. Um, He speaks, um, they'll depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing Spirits and doctrines of devils. So we see here their doctrine. We see there's a danger of apostasy. What does this mean? There is the danger in our life to forsake what we believe. There's a danger of that. Brother and sister, we must hold to good doctrine, we must hold to the Word of God. He speaks of this departing. So we're living in a day, in these latter days. Now keep in mind, the latter days were... When Paul was on the earth, and they have extended even to our day, it is a long portion of time. But we're getting we're closer to the end than Paul was in his day, and we see this continuing to evolve and continuing to grow. This departing, um, some would rather preach about social justice and world peace more than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Listen, we're we're living in a day that. The enemy has set up so many targets. He has set up so many targets. Social justice, poverty, all these ideas. And listen, many Christians and many pastors are giving such effort. And they're giving such great effort. And they are hitting their target right in the center. They're knocking it out of the park. The problem is... They've left off preaching salvation. Listen, they've left off preaching Jesus Christ. The only hope for the world is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Listen, if it was more education, if it was more money, if it was more reform, we'd be living in a better world. We've got more education available right now. We've got more money available right now. Listen, we've got reform programs out of our ears. And listen, our world is... It's only getting more hateful, it's getting more dark, it's getting more aggressive, it's getting more wicked. Why? Because it's only the gospel that can change a person's heart. It's only the gospel that can replace hate with love. It's only the gospel that can replace bitter with sweetness. It's only the gospel that can put forgiveness in our heart. It's the gospel that opens our eyes. We were once blind but because of the gospel we are now able to see. And this Listen, there, there's a departing in the church today. They're leaving the fundamentals. They're leaving the faith that they have once preached and believe in. It speaks of a departing from the faith. Uh, this describes the essential teachings of Christianity. And are we not seeing that in our day? So many are leaving from the historical. Uh, teachings of the scripture. Here's a few things. Uh, Some are leaving the teaching that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. There is no other way to heaven. Listen, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Repentance and faith are essential for salvation Grace through faith is the means of salvation. We're leaving out in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Listen, the church is essential to God's purpose. And listen, death has passed to all men because all have sinned. We're living in a day, these latter days, where the, the message of the church is more about the comfort of the people than the glory of God. It's made man the center of the gospel instead of the goodness of God, the centerpiece of the gospel. Yes, it's true that God so loved the world, but remember it started with God. God is the one that saves. God is the one that desires us. God is the one that pursues us. And the The gospel is for God's glory and we benefit from the message of the gospel. But remember this, men are dead in sins and trespasses. Every one of us has turned to our own ways. We like sheep have gone astray. Listen, there's nothing good in mankind. There's no light in mankind. But listen, Jesus died for us when we were in sin. And in darkness, there's some that will depart from the faith. We see also not just there's a danger of apostasy, but there's this danger of deception. Notice what Paul says. Um, He speaks about this there, uh, give heed to seducing spirits. Uh, This refers to, we need to be very careful why, because there's a lot of seduction taking place against God's people. There's a lot of seduction taking place. What is seduction? It's trying to lure God's people away from the Scripture, to lure God's people away from the church, to lure God's people away from what the Bible teaches. That's happening and look, you and I are the target of these seducing spirits. These seducing spirits are not trying to deceive the world. The world already lies in darkness and deception. But listen very carefully. There are spirits that attack your life. They attack your mind. They are attacking your marriage. They're attacking your emotions. They're attacking your heart and your will. And their goal is to replace truth with their lies. And there's an attack. So what must we do? We must be on guard. You must be on guard, be sober, be vigilant. Why? Your devil, the adversary, he walketh about as a roaring lion and he's seeking for who can devour. And we must be on guard and we must test all of our thoughts, all of our plans, all of our ideas, our belief system by the Word of God. And listen, you'll always be safe if we agree with God's Word. We must test it by God's word. So there's this danger of deception. do want you to see also there is a danger of demons. Look what the Bible says here. He goes on to say in verse 1, And doctrines of devils. Brother and sister, this speaks of those demons. There's millions of demons out in the world today. And listen, every demon is a theology major. Every devil is a theology major. We even see this in Genesis chapter 3 where Lucifer, Satan, that old serpent came to Eve and began to talk about theology. Did God really say? God knows that if you'll eat of this tree you'll be like God's and and you'll know good from evil. And Satan, this demon, this devil began to talk with her. Look, the root a uh, doctrine of demons is this that you can be like god and you can operate independently from god that's the root of every demonic doctrine live your own life make your own decisions do whatever you want to do do what feels good do what you think is right And you don't need God. You don't need to pray. You don't need the Bible. You don't need the church. Just go live your own life. You've got a good head on your shoulders. Use your common sense. God give you a brain. Use it. Listen very carefully. My brain is dangerous when not submitted to God. Listen, my heart is deceitful. It's desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Listen, I can't follow my mind. I can't follow my heart. I must follow the Word of God in in my life. And if I'm not following the Word of God in my life, I'm being led astray and I'm being deceived in my life. We must stay rooted and anchored in the Word of God. Uh, I wrote down this quote, a lie travels express while the truth goes on foot. Think, Doesn't a lie spread faster than anything. My goodness, lies spread so fast, but the truth, it just seems to have to run on foot. It's slow. Uh, it works slowly. It's taught slowly. It's understood slowly. But lies are easy to believe. They're easy to adopt. They they make you respond quick and act quick and make quick decisions. But the Word of God, it's patient. It's long-suffering. It's gentle. It's working in our hearts and in our lives. Brother and sister, we have an enemy that's trying to lure us away every day, every hour, every moment. When we sleep at night, the the demons and the spirits of the evil one, they are creating plans and assignments against your life. Listen, we have no hope if we don't stay in prayer and stay in the Word of God and stay connected with God's people along this journey. Don't make any mistake about it. We are in a battle. We are in a war. We are in the fight of our lives. And brother and sister, the enemy is at work. He doesn't play fair. The enemy attacks teenagers. He attacks primary school kids. He attacks old people, middle aged people, young adults. He attacks everybody. And he likes to attack when we're at our weakest. And when we're divided, he loves to attack. We see here, I want you to see their message. I want you to see the message that's luring These people away from the church and from the doctrine of the faith. Look in verse 3 through 5. We're gonna their message, I want you to make this note they're man made rules. Man made rules are leading so many away from the faith. Look what the Bible says in verse 3. Here's what they're teaching they're forbidding to marry. And they're commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Here's what they're saying. You can earn God's favor if you don't marry. They're saying this, God will be more pleased with you. You can be more spiritual if you don't eat meat. Brother and sister, there is teaching and doctrine that runs rampant. And this doctrine says this, Yes, salvation is by Jesus Christ, but you can earn more by doing this, this, and this. It's a doctrine that adds to Jesus Christ. Listen very carefully, I am only accepted in Jesus Christ. I'm not accepted by God because I abstain from meat. I'm not accepted by God because I wear a coat and tie. Well, I don't have on a tie. I'm not accepted by God because I wear a dress or my hair is a certain style. I'm not accepted by God because I don't watch television or because I don't eat shrimp. Listen very carefully. I'm a sinner bound to a devil's hell. If it were not but for Jesus Christ, that intercepted my life. It made me accept. Accepted to God by His blood, by His sacrifice. See what's happening is the message is getting on everything but Jesus Christ. Here's six principles to get your bed to go, your children to go to sleep at night. Here's 42 principles of how to buy Christmas without going into debt this year. Here's three principles to buying a house without debt and good credit. Hey, we like you to know this is how you deal with conflict. This is how you deal with people. Listen very carefully. The church's message is to be repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. The Problem, the answer to every problem is submit to Jesus Christ and trust in Jesus Christ with our lives. We've we've made the message about so many things. We've made it about some good things and some great things, but listen very carefully. The church is to be clear: our message is Jesus Christ to the world. That is the message of uh, Jesus Christ to the world. Um, so that they teach that there are things that you can do and things that you can avoid that will gain God's attention and favor them. They're moving away from the gospel, teaching them how to be accepted by God by doing certain things. And look, here's what the Bible says, there's nothing wrong with eating meat and there's nothing wrong with getting married. Matthew 15, 11 says this, It's not that which goeth into the mouth that defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth the man. So basically, here's something we can take from this. They're preaching so many man made things, they're no longer preaching Jesus Christ. They're not preaching Jesus. They're not preaching about the blood, they're not preaching about the cross, they're not preaching the resurrection. Listen, Charles Spurgeon, he, he said, Look, you take every text and you take it straight to the cross of Jesus Christ. That Jesus is in every book of the Bible. Jesus is on every page of the Bible. Jesus is in every chapter of the Bible. Jesus is in every verse of the Bible. And He's in every word of the Bible. we got to get to Jesus Christ and get to Jesus Christ fast. Why? Because Jesus is the only hope for mankind. Listen, the gospel ceases to be the focus for them. I was um, speaking to a pastor and he had a grandchild that was raised in a church in a different community. He is an evangelist and he took his granddaughter to go with him for a summer as he was doing evangelistic work and this man, his message is Jesus Christ. Kind of like Billy Graham, that's all he preached, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. He preaches Jesus Christ and his granddaughter that had been in church her whole life, she pulled her granddad aside in the hotel and said, you know, I've never heard the gospel like you preach it. And this man I spoke to, he said, well, honey, doesn't your pastor preach Jesus every Sunday? She says, oh, no. He teaches us so many things, but we rarely hear about Jesus dying for us and Jesus getting up on the third day. You know, we're living in a day where most would rather entertain the church to grow the church than preach the gospel for Jesus to build the church. And brother and sister, our hope cannot be built on anything less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. And so all those other things are good, but listen, we're the church! We're not the Moose Club, we're not the Masons, we're, we're not all this and that. Look, we are the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. And our message must be Jesus Christ, He saves. He'll save anybody, anytime, place, anywhere, if they'll just repent and believe the gospel message of Jesus Christ. See, I believe the gospel changes hearts. Listen, I believe the gospel changes our nature. I believe if we want a better nation, we got to get... Listen, I'm so fed up with people wanting to solve the problem of America, but they've not shared the gospel in 365 days. (laughs) They're shooting at all the wrong targets. If you want to solve racism, take the gospel. If you want to solve poverty, take the gospel. If you want to solve social injustice, take the gospel. It's the gospel that changes lives. brother and sister. we've got to get to the heart of the problem. And the heart is men are wicked and ungodly and they hate everybody but themselves unless that person around them can benefit them. Did you know you can't love anyone unless you've been saved? You can't. Why? Because God is love. You can lust and you can be selfish in your love and it can feel like love, but love lays down its life. Love is sacrificial. Love is not self seeking and it's only God that can do that. I want to share with you, thirdly and finally, the hope of the church. Paul gives Timothy instructions say, look, here's the hope for the church. So I got good news for you this evening. No matter how many depart, no matter what happens in our world, the church will not be destroyed. Amen? The church will not be wiped out. Uh, you're not going to... Individual churches may close. Individual churches may die. But let me just say this. The church of Jesus Christ is going to march on. Amen? There will always be a remnant. There will always be believers. There will always be those that hold to the truth. I want you to see what the hope of the church is in verse 6. I want you to see, number one, the hope of the church is good ministers. He says in verse 6, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. We need better ministers. Amen. Listen, God likens us to sheep and sheep need a shepherd. We are forgetful people. Do you know why the shepherd must lead the sheep beside still waters? Because if the shepherd did not lead the sheep beside still waters, they would die. Why? Because sheep don't have sense. Did you know that a sheep doesn't realize that he can't drink water from a rushing river? He'll get in that water. His wool will get so waterlogged he'll drown. Sheep have to be led beside still waters. Did you know that the shepherd has to make them lie down in green pastures? Two reasons why. Number one, they won't rest unless they're made to rest. Hello, America. We're busy, aren't we, all the time? We need some rest. We'll work ourselves to depression, to ulcers, to hair loss, to gray hair. We'll work ourselves to death. We're not lazy people. He has to make us rest. And He has to make us lie down in green pastures. You know why? Because sheep, if they're not led to green grass, they'll eat stuff that will kill them. They'll eat rocks, (laughs) dirt. God says that His people have to be reminded of the truth all the time. We have to be reminded of the truth all the time. We sometimes say, well, we've heard that sermon. We've heard the gospel. Listen (laughs) We've got to keep it in front of us all the time. We're forgetful sheep. Look, good ministers of Jesus Christ, uh, what does He do? He instructs the brethren. He puts the brethren in remembrance. He, He warns God's people, Hey, there's a devil out there. There's wolves out there. There's bears and there's lions out there. This is not a safe world. Jesus said, Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. And so a good minister reminds God's people hey, remember, this hit in your home remember don't get lulled to sleep by the songs of the world hey remember this is not a friendly place, remember this is a deceitful place, it's a dark place it's a damnable place this is not a good place anymore it's falling into sin, it's corrupt by sin, yes you can enjoy some goodness here but remember you're passing through, don't get too tied down in here, don't drive your tent pegs too deep don't hold on too tight because one day the last trump of God's gonna sound, and we're gonna get up out of here, amen? He says, hey, we need good ministers to warn God's people hey, you're in hostile territory, hey, you're behind enemy lines. Guard your life. Guard your marriage. Guard your children. Guard your grandchildren. Guard your minds. Guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. You're not in a friendly school. You're not in a friendly society. You're not in a friendly job. The enemy always has a goal to take you out and to strike you with a fatal blow and he'll be a friend Uh, but he will try to destroy you. He says a good minister, he instructs God's people and he warns God's people. Also, he must be a grounded minister. Listen, I've just got news for you. You'll never hear me say, all's safe and all's well down here. You'll never hear me say that. But he must be a grounded minister. We don't need... Pie-in-the-sky preachers. We don't need liars in the pulpit. We don't need people in the pulpit that have an ego that need to be liked and followed and caressed and cared for. We need some men of God that will teach the people the Word of God. They must be grounded men in the truth. We're going to see later that Paul says, in these last days, the people in the church, they're not going to put up with warnings. They're not going to put up with sound doctrine. They're not going to put up with Bible preaching. Why? Because it's not going to fit the culture. It's not going to fit the society. It's not going to fit the the status quo of our world. They must be grounded ministers. Look what he says. Nourished up, in verse 6, in the words of faith. They must be grounded. We need some ministers to protect and look over and lead God's people. Listen, that are grounded in the Word of God. Grounded in the Word of God. Listen, the preacher's words do not matter. The minister's opinions do not matter. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is the Word of God. We're sanctified by Thy truth and Thy Word is truth. We need ministers grounded in the Word of God. We don't need ministers preaching about the Word of God. We need ministers preaching from the Word of God. We don't need ministers preaching about Jesus. We need ministers preaching Jesus Christ. We, we, don't, we don't need uh, uh, Mama sent Daddy called preachers. Amen. We need God-grounded ministers. They must be grounded in the Word and they must be grounded in sound doctrine. You know, the Bible says, we look back in chapter 3 and verse 16 as we prepare to close. He says this uh, in verse number 15. The church is the pillar and ground of truth. You know, the church is to be anchored in doctrine. Doctrine anchored in Bible teaching, anchored in historical belief systems that are found in the Word of God. And we must be grounded in those things. And so, brother and sister, we're living... There's hope for the church. There is hope for the church. There's hope for us. But I want to encourage you. Be sure that you're testing everything by the Scripture. Because the Bible speaks that in these latter days, some aren't going to finish with us. And John said it this way. John said, they went out from us because they were really never of us. They attended with us. They sang with us. But they never really were like us. They weren't really saved. They weren't really Bible believers. And when the test came, they failed. Brother and sister, are you trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? What is your hope in? What's going to take you to heaven? If it's Jesus and I've got bad news for you, you got it wrong. It's Jesus, period. It's Jesus, period. That's our only hope. We're going to have just a short time of invitation. Brother Ben, if you'll come, sister, let's just have a short time of invitation. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never been saved. Maybe you're here and you've been saved, but you feel the pulls of doctrine and seducing spirits. Why don't you say, Lord, keep me anchored. And if you've never been saved, I want to give you an opportunity. You can step out of your aisle, come down here, take me by the hand and say, look, I need to be saved. Let's stand to our feet.